Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, Johnny Junta, and we're here with a very, very special guest. A guy that's on the complete opposite of the spectrum of me. He is a doctor. He is the mental skills coordinator for the Houston Astros and a part of the U.S. Olympic Committee Sports Psychology Registry. Is that good? You tell me. It is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Jesse Michael to the Officially Unofficial podcast. What's up, Jesse? Hey, not much, man. You got 98% of that intro correct. It's uh, it's pronounced Michelle, but everything else you fu- you rolled right through, baby. Jesus it's, Christ. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you talk talk about Canadian and, and the French connection. Yeah. I thought for sure you'd hammer it, but hey, you're not the first. You definitely won't be the last, but uh, yeah, it's Michelle. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, just based off of my dumb eyes, I was like, it has to be Michael. And I honestly think because I, I'm I'm like four or five hours from Quebec. I should have known it's Michelle, but I mean, just I, it's time to wake up for me. What a moron! But you know what? Though, see what happens when you overthink things. You 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 lose sense with your gut. You go with what uh, with you got to go with what your eyes tell you. Yeah, I already feel motivated right now. And as I mentioned, you're the mental skills corner for the Astros. And just those just those couple words you said, I want to run through a brick wall. I just want to put that on the record. So thank you for that. I mean, you you're just the kind of guy that gets me hyped up. That's what I try to do. That's my role. Hey, man, whether it's a brick wall, whether it's a brick oven, at least we're running through something. Yeah, and I wanted to get into where you started because obviously being a doctor, you have to be studying in school for a very long period of time, which I didn't. Way too Uh, long. And so let's go into that. How many years of school did you have to take? Because my God, I'd be in hell if I had to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'd I i I'd li- I'd like to think that you're always in school, whether it's formal or not, right? Yeah. But, you know, my training, uh, undergrad and grad school, those that was 10 years of, of, uh, of being on a college campus. Um, but you know what I'll say is that it wasn't, it didn't feel like 10 years of school. Uh, and this is going to sound cliche, but when you re- when you really love what you do, like it doesn't it's a, it's not like I was studying OCHEM, you know, like yeah. shout out to all the medical doctors out there. I'm not that kind of doctor. And, uh, you know, I'm the kind that likes to talk about how to get players to perform better and to talk about sports and to talk about the mental side of performance. And, you know, nothing about that feels like a job because you've been there. I've been there. You get to a point in your career where shit, you know, like I'm putting all this work in the gym. I'm putting all this work in the cage. It's just not showing up. You know, I'm not able to to perform how I know I can perform. And at some point, either the talent catches up to you or, you know, whether it's the mental side, you you get on a a playing field with some tougher competition. And then it's about figuring out what's up here. What's what's between the ears. And that's what separates a lot of guys. And I was looking at your guys coaching staff and I saw there was an opening. I mean, there's no morale coordinator. There's no morale coach. And like I've said multiple times in this podcast, I'm a locker room guy. I'm the kind of guy that gets the people going, laughs it up a little bit, keeps the locker room loose. Maybe that's something you can kind of bring up to the the front office, the Houston Astros, and I'll be the first in line under you, under your wing. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I mean, the whole after COVID and this season and, you know, all the extra money that's coming in, everyone's budget's just kind of ballooned. They out went of control. Up. They went up. So we're just we're finding finding other opportunities to bring guys in. So I love morale. Hey, we'll go morale coordinator. How about okay. that? Do you, honestly, that? man, do you, I, I, do you do you have any relationship with any like puppy clinics that you no, can bring? I in? have a dog. I have a dog. I mean, yeah, I, okay. I, I don't know if that dog can serve the need of all the Astros players, but like I said, man, I mean, if you want to get the Astros buzzing on social media, get all the people going again, you just bring me aboard. I'm the people's champ. Everyone loves Let's me. Do it. I'll, I get I get the I get the fans going. I get the players going. I'll rip smelling salts with the guys. Have dips with the guys. 
and right. I, and mentioning smelling salts because like i said this is something you can't calculate this is something you can't study with science psychology none of that what does a smelling what impact does a smelling salt have on a player let's get into the let's get in depth on that because for me it increases velocity i guarantee it yeah i mean it's either that or kick him in the nuts one of the two right yep. either way their velocity is going to go up so okay. it just depends, you know, whatever your flavor of ice cream is. It's um, is it ammonia? Is it smelling salts? Is it a little, you know, nuts uh, a nut kick? You know, there there's plenty of options in that on that buffet table, right? Okay. And you just got to know what works for you. Yeah, and, and obviously based off of the side effects health wise with dip, I feel like dip is the a great thing for ba- the game of baseball. I always post it hashtag hammer from hell if you see a player with a dip in his mouth. What side effects do you think dip has in the baseball field? Because I think it really calms you down. I think it just gets it gets the blood flowing a little bit, but it keeps you calm. Yeah, you know, it it, it really depends. I think you're you're seeing more and more guys decide to give it up, not only because uh, the union yeah. said, "Hey, you, you can't have it there," but uh, but just because of the long term. But like for the guys that that use it, you know, it could be part of their routine. You know, some guys, it's funny, like when you first start it, it's, it does the opposite of calming you down, obviously. Yeah. But at some point, I think it's more just kind of like that placebo, like, all right, this is part of my routine. I know if I got to dip in, you know, it's it's that that next thing. It's right before arm care. It's right before my J bands. It's, you know, I'm, I'm in the bullpen and I'm just bored as hell. And instead of occupying my mind with when I'm going to throw, I just, I'm going to go mindless and throw, you know, throw, throw a, a chew in. But, um, you know, certainly... Uh, not something that I we would advocate guys yeah. start just because it I'll looks cool. But hey, you know, you yeah, that's right. For for the brand. Yeah, you gotta know your role. Yeah. And honestly, man, I feel like your job is one of the coolest things because one, you don't get roasted by the fans. You don't get roasted by I mean social media, any of that stuff, which is I guess the fans. You have just the coolest job ever. You're just sitting back there, you're helping the players out mentally. And obviously you're kind of an unsung hero, to be honest, because if you help a player out mentally, you're not the guy that's getting talked about in the media for, let's just say, helping out Bregman with his mental, what like mental mindset and all that kind of stuff, right? Sure. Yeah, and I think um, you know I can't speak for other folks in my position, but I, I prefer it that way. Uh, I, I don't need to be, and nor do I want to be, uh, on the front of any headline or or in in an interview or you know my name uh, in print anywhere. That's not what it's about. It really is about the players. They got look. You know. You know. How, you know it better than anyone. This sport's the hardest sport for my money in the world to come in day in day out. The grind these guys go through, the physical grind, the mental grind, away from their families, the the type of shit that hitters see nowadays every night. It's it's borderline impossible. And um, the the stuff that 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 they take and that they deal with, and you know, obviously, uh, it's no secret uh, some of the things that our guys have gone through uh, the last twelve months. It's it's a grind, man. And and just to be another voice in there to um, you know, if we can help them out, great. Give them a little bit different perspective. Give them some tools and strategies and drills to kind of ease their mind, get their mindset in the right place. Understand, man. Why am I feeling this way? What's going on? How do I communicate better with my coaches? How do I prepare better for games? And you know, a lot of these guys are on our squad. They're they're so good. They know their process so well. You know, it's it's more like. Um, you know, you're at you're adding flavor to the meal, right? A little bit of salt and pepper. There's there's no main ingredients, so to speak. That uh, you know that that no aha moments all the time. These guys know what they're doing, man. Yeah. These guys are a bunch of all stars and hall of famers. So um, credit goes to them. And honestly, man, um, credit to me. I haven't said I haven't really roasted the Astros for the whole all that stuff on Twitter. I've just been a man of integrity, a man of honor. I haven't really said much stuff. 
Uh, and I, like I said, I picked the Astros to win the ALCS against the, against the Rays, which kind of they're kind of struggling right now. But what do you think is what player do you think on the Astros got it w- the worst on social media that you have to like legitimately keep in contact with him where he's like, this is insane how much hate I'm getting right now. Yeah, without speaking to how much I'm keeping in contact with him, I mean, I think if you're a if you're on baseball Twitter, you you know the handful of guys that are getting it the worst, right? From yeah. the fans, they're getting it from the media, they're they're getting it from all angles, and you know it's the core it's the core guys. Um, and credit to them for being able to just come out and compete. You know, they've spoken at length, uh, you know, about the the situation. It's not going away anytime soon. It's something that they're going to have to. Uh, you know, they're going to have to look the way I think about it is it's part of their baseball story. Now it, yeah. it doesn't need to be part of their life story, but it's part of their baseball story. And, you know, it's something that they're going to have to exist with uh, and figure out how they're going to, how are they going to play for the next five, 10, 15 years, however long they want to play with that being part of it. And it's nothing that's going to go away overnight. And who knows for some guys, it'll never go away. Um, but, you know, I think the, the ribbing that, uh, and it's easy on social media, the ribbing that uh, guys like Jose and, and Alex and, and Carlos are taking. And, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, I, we, you know, you have conversations about how are you going to cope with this? It's real easy just to, to delete social media yeah. and, uh, and, you know, to, and to not look at it. But at the same time, you know, it's a, it's a generation that it's part of the daily consumption, you know, so it's, it's not that easy, but, uh, you know, credit to these guys, um, you know, it's it, uh, this season, they probably didn't get the worst of it. You know, when fans come back, it's going to be a different deal. Oh, and they're going to have to, they're going to have to figure out how to, uh, how to come to the art every day. And they will, they will. Um, they had a little bit of it in spring training and they were kind of developing some, uh, you know, an approach or mindset to, to deal with it then. And then, you know, shit hit the fan with COVID and here we are. But, um, you know, it's like I said, it's one of those things that it, they, you can't run away from. Yeah, and I feel like you should add this to your diagnosis is coming on the officially unofficial podcast. Like, let's just say Bregman or Altuve struggling or Correa. Actually, I uh, no, we'll do Bregman, Altuve. Those two guys, I love those two guys. You tell them, this is the diagnosis. Just, I think you have to go on the officially unofficial podcast, get a little loose, get those, get that blood flowing, and there you go. I mean, are those two guys that you, like, have contact with? Like, let's just say, who's the most famous person you have in your phone right now as a contact? I, I got plenty of guys on our squad that are in my phone and, and um, just like all of our coaches do. Uh, and so, you know, th- those guys, w- just like you would, if you were coaching a team, you would work with every guy on that team and, and, and meet them where they're at. And every guy has different, just like every guy's working on something different in the cage or they're working on something different in the pen. Like it's not cliche. Um, each guy's working on something different on the mental side and, and it changes like, just like a guy, you know, early in his career, he's working on timing the fastball, maybe later in his career, his body's a little bit different and moves differently. You're going to work on different shit. So it's no different on the mental side. Um, and when I go in there and, and we're working with those guys, you got to meet them where they're at. You know, something might pop up the night before it might be on the field. It might be off the field. It might've been a week ago. It might've been last year. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, as far as like guys in my phone, you know, it's as a coach uh, of the, with the organization, you know, plenty of guys, uh, plenty of guys in there. Okay. We'll say Justin Verlander. So for people wondering, Justin Verlander is a contact. 
Well, that's just electric. I, and honestly, let's talk about JV for a second, man. I mean, this guy, you can, he can catch all the heat he wants, but in my opinion, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. He's one of the greatest pitchers to ever do it. This guy, the fact that he still does this thing where he throws 94, 95 in the first couple innings, and then he'll run it up to 98, 99 in the later innings, is the most bananas thing ever. It defines science. So what is what kind of impact has that guy made on the younger pitchers, the younger prospects, the younger players? Because I know Forrest Whitley said he makes a massive impact on him just seeing his routine and all that stuff yeah I mean no doubt about it what this guy's been able to do over the course of his career even going back to to ODU and and coming in and and being such a force with the Tigers and continuing to I'm not even going to say reinvent himself because it seems like he's had the same arsenal it's been 98 to 100 101 it's been hammer slider you know he's had a change up for you know a couple years couple seasons that he brings back every now and then but the guy's just a he's a fucking bulldog on the mound. Insane. I mean, it's, 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 it's you against him and it's, and he's just going to bury you. And that, you know what, like you talk about the mental side, like n- not everyone can tap into that, 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 that thing every five days, like everyone is so different. They different backgrounds, different stories, different beliefs about themselves and where they fit kind of in the hierarchy of the team or the industry or this or that, like all that shit matters. And so for him to come out and be able to do it, I got no, no doubt that he's going to crush his rehab. And look, I mean, it's, it's no secret that he's, you know, he's he, next year, a year after he's going to be a free agent, hopefully he comes back with us. But um, I, I have a feeling he's going to pitch for a long, long time and, and continue to dominate into his forties, like his idol, Nolan Ryan, that he's talked about uh, at length. Yeah. And who's the coolest guy that you kind of got, to interact with because I go I know Nolan Ryan obviously plays a major part with the Astros I believe right he's out of, he comes to a lot of games have you got to talk with the goat Nolan Ryan I haven't I haven't it's um he for a while there I think he him and and Reed were uh were staples every night I I personally haven't had a chance to talk to him he comes to spring training every once in a while the first couple of years I was there he's rolling around in his golf cart just just living life going to the backfields just you know crushing it between field six and field seven you know people coming up asking for autographs and just holding court uh but personally I haven't had too much interaction with him but everything i've heard but you know between him and the other legends and, and roger you know ha- has a history with uh with the astros and um enos cabell you know another legend you know with the astros that yeah. uh, that, that does a lot of work like that yeah no i definitely make i mean it's definitely cool especially being a part of a major league team like have you got the opportunity to step back and be like man i work in a major league baseball like i'm a coach for a major league baseball team this is the most insane shit of all time because I would, man. It's like, it's obviously me doing this. I get to interview really cool people and I sometimes step behind. I'm like, I can't believe I just interviewed Tyler Glass now or, or Amir Garrett or whatever. Have you kind of got that opportunity to be like, I can't believe I'm a coach for a major league baseball team. Yeah. I, I think there are definitely times where it kind of hits you a little bit more um, like big moments in the last four years, you know, the, um, winning a World Series in Los Angeles to where I'm from with going to the game seven with my dad, something that we'd done a hundred times before going to Dodger games. And, yeah. and here we are winning. So like in those moments and, or being at, uh, being at Minute Maid, you know, against the Yankees and he's from New York and winning the ALCS last year on a, on an Altuve walk-off. I mean, it's those moments that you kind of sit back and you're like, holy shit, like how did, how did we get to this point? But you know what though, man, the, the, the daily like grind of just, working in professional baseball um it's not always it, it's not always as rosy as as 
as a fan, I think you want to make it out to be like, that's a, a good narrative to have, but it's look at, in my job, you got, um, as the coordinator, you're covering from, you know, I got a staff of, of four that's covering from the DR up to the big leagues. And we got 250 players and 50 coaches and there's just a lot of moving parts. And when the minor league season's going, you got, you know, four to six games a day that you got to cover. So it's not like you have a lot of time, but in those moments where you can reflect, you, you bet your ass you're, you're, you're taking time to do that. Uh, and appreciate just, you know, the fact that not everyone gets to do this and people would switch jobs with you in a split second. Yeah, no, for sure. And hopefully I get the chance to do that once in a once if the Jays or the Astros or whoever hires me as the morale guy. But morale coordinator, yeah. Do you, do you have, and this is the cool question, do you have a ring? Like, do you have the Astros World Series ring? I'm assuming you have it. I do. I do. How we electric have, uh, is that? How electric is that? It's it's pretty incredible. Uh, and that was my first year with the organization. So just just kind of absurd. And then last year, you know, fortunate uh, to, to get a, a pendant ring. Um, and yeah, you know, those are things that you don't take for granted. You really don't. I mean, that's that's just straight up ownership, you know, being gracious and, you know, appreciating what their employees bring to the table. There, there's no guarantee. There's nothing that says that that they have to provide that. But, um, you know, you'll you'll never You'll never let that go. I can't wait to show it to my kids. And, you know, it'll be a part of the Michelle uh, in the Michelle family for forever. Yeah, it just I feel like that's such a flex, because first of all, you walk in a room, you say you're a doctor, which is the coolest shit ever. I'd just tell everyone to refer to me as a doctor. And then you pull up, you could wear the two rings on your finger and you just walk (laughs) in the room like the Clay Thompson gif with the biggest balls on the planet. The coolest shit ever. I mean, your kids are probably when they grow up, they're going to think their dad is a legend. I mean, am I wrong? I, well, we'll see. We'll see up until they're like 12 or 13. And that's when it goes to shit. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you were about, if you were like me, but at some point you realize, you know, that uh, maybe this legendary status needs to be held out for people that are a little bit more important. Yeah. You know, but you know what, maybe, maybe if I, if I get the boys into, you know, they get on the field, you know, pregame and and they get to, they get to meet their, their favorite player, you know, what maybe it'll, it'll buy me a year or two. Yeah. And who would you say is the close, like, one of the guys in the Houston Astros that you would let if you had a daughter date, like a guy that's just a salt of the earth, brick by brick guy that you're like, I want my daughter date this guy. Cause this guy is respectful. Cause for, I'll, I'll go first for me. It would be, like I said, Justin Verlander. I mean, this guy has it all. Yeah. He's good looking, throws gas. Incredible. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you might like my ass answer. The Astros haters are not going to like my answer, but it's, it would be Carlos. Um, the guy, I've never seen somebody that that the way he carries himself, the the maturity. I'm talking about behind the scenes, um, yeah. and uh, it's genuine, it's authentic. The guy cares about everybody. It's not bullshit. The guy works his tail off. Um, it, it, whatever you want to think about what you see in public is you're entitled to that opinion. But if if you ask me the question, who who, who would I be comfortable with? Dade, my daughter, it's him. The, the guy's just, he's a mensch. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the with the word, but, yeah. you know, as as a tribesman, uh, somebody with a little Yiddish uh, background, he's, he's, a, he's a true mensch. Okay, yeah, and, and honestly, yeah. man, I'm, while I'm watching these playoffs and how I'm seeing him, like yesterday he hit a ball, I look like 550 feet. And yeah, I, think I, he, I think he hit it to Encinitas. He's starting to grow on me. and it cause, Because before all the scandal stuff, I was like, I'm a massive Carlos Correa guy. And then when it happened, all that kind of stuff, and he kind of grew away from me. But now he's trying to – he's growing back on me because he's he's good for the game, man. It's good to have 
enemies and and like bad boys in the game of baseball because Rob Manfred doesn't want to advertise it himself. So why not have a bad guy like Carlos Correa who's hitting baseballs 500 feet out of San Diego? It's cool. He's growing on me, man. I mean, he's one of those guys that's definitely growing on me. Yeah, and you know, I I I disagree with the with the bad boy. I can see the perception, you know, from from the outside, but uh, leave that up to the, to the fans and the pundits. But uh, the the guy is look. What I my my job, what I see, he's he's an elite communicator. He's an elite defender. He's an elite uh, you know hitter for a shortstop. The guy's 27 years old. I think he's got 16 tanks already in his postseason career. I mean, come on. Yeah. You can't, Come on. You can't, you can't ignore that. You when it's all, that. when it's all said and done, he's going to lead in shortstops and postseason history in every offensive category. The guys, the guy throws 103 from across the diamond. The, he, he's just, he shows up, shows up every night. And um, it's been great to see him healthy this year. And, uh, really come into his own, and I hope he's an Astro for a long time. Yeah, yeah, no, you're definitely right on that, man. And, and this is this is my smart. This is one of the smartest takes I've ever had in my life. Because in the game of hockey, you have guys right like Sean Avery, the fighters, the guys that the fans hate. But you talk to his teammates, and they'll say he's one of the nice. Not Sean Avery, obviously, he's not that good of a guy. But like the fighters that everyone hates, all the fans hate. The guys in the team will say he's a. I love this guy. He's one of the best team guys of all time, and that's what I can kind of compare to Carlos Correa, right? I mean, this is a guy that all the fans, I guess, despise based off of the history. But you talk to his teammates; he's a guy that you would take a bullet for, right? Is that what you kind of compare it to, like a fighter in the NHL? Yeah, man. I, I don't know a teammate that's uh, said a bad thing about him. You obviously saw how uh, you know he he took the reins in in spring and kind of stood up for for the group at a time when 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 maybe not many people were standing up for him and it takes some stones, man. And then to back it up, you know, this year and, and, and do what he's doing right now. It's, it's just amazing to see. And, you know, people think that's easy. Are you, are it's you not, out of your mind? Are you yeah. out of your mind? Like, yeah. do, do you know, do you know what it takes to be able to do that? Uh, and, and all the shit that, that they've gone through the last 12 months and, and, Oh, you know what? Yeah. He's, he's hitting really well and he's playing great defense as though it's like, you know, it's 79 and sunny today. Do you have any idea how tough that is? Like, yeah. I, you know, you, your opinions of him or anyone else on the squad, like you're entitled to those. You, you, you can, you can believe whatever you want, but at some point you got to step back and say, like, take a look at what they're doing right now and, and appreciate, like, just appreciate how hard it is. Yeah. And, and for people to say, like the, for people to roast him right now, take this in, he has to hit. 99 plus mile an hour fastballs, 98 mile an hour plus fastballs, slide pieces. He also has to worry about a pitcher throwing at him and competing in front of fans that like are roasting him on social media that are sending him hate mail, which is tough on his mental side. So you got at the at some point you have to tip your cap to see what he's doing right now in the postseason, where in the most of the eyes in the in America, North America are on you, right? You got to kind of tip your cap to the guy and be like, hey man. Seeing what you're doing right now, good for you, dude, because I couldn't do it. Most people, 99% of the world can't do what he's doing. So, <laughs> yeah, like, but 99% of the world, if if they were, like, if the curtain was pulled back from them that are roasting him on social media, like, they wouldn't roast him. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think that that's the other side of it is, like, there are very few people that are cut out to be able to, to play a long time in the major leagues, you know, and, like, it looks really easy on TV. Yeah. I've never seen something as to do as consistently as hard as what these guys do. And whether it's Carlos Correa or it's a guy that has a cup of coffee or it's, it's a guy that plays through arbitration and never gets a free agency or like, it's just, I think that's, you know, you, you asked me a couple, couple minutes ago, like, do you ever kind of step back and, 
and appreciate. Look, look, I grew up playing baseball. I grew up playing a bunch of sports. Baseball was was my primary sport. And I can remember growing up and being like, oh, yeah, maybe I got a chance to like play in college. And, you know, I want to be a pro baseball player. Like if I could go back and tell my 13 year old self what 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 the truth is, dude, you better be, you you better you 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 better get you reality real quick because you're going to max out at, uh, you know, your, your dreams are, are, they're just not coming through. They're not coming through, son. Like yeah. you, you better, you better invest your time elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's just so, it's just really hard. Yeah, it, it is. And honestly, man, I, I, like I said on multiple times in this podcast, I thought I was good enough and I wasn't, I was, I'm the fall American. I was the best hitter in the fall That's in it. college. So let's give me, let me give you a hypothetical. I'm not talking about me here. We can pretend I'm not talking about me, even though we are, how sure. would you deal with a guy in my of my stature in college a guy that had a big big ego the one of the big boys on the team the guy that was the most confident he was chirping everyone but when it came to results on the baseball field he was how do you say this a mental mental midget on the baseball field he couldn't deal with shit he couldn't deal with failure if he went 0 for 2 he thought he was the biggest bum ever then he'd make an error in the infield what would you say to a young johnny junta might be time to hang him up johnny (laughs) (laughs) it is it is Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, look, it's, it's a good question. I think um, the first thing you got to do is really take a look in the mirror and, and say, hey, you know, what, what kind of person do I want to be on the field here? Am I going to be the, the, the big mouth that's talking? Um, am I going to be the guy that, uh, you know, is going to just shoot myself in the foot after one strikeout and kind of give away the rest of my at-bats? Um, a lot of what we do is, is helping guys understand, you know, wh- what are their belief systems about themselves? what kind of player, what kind of person they are, where those came from and whether they believe them or not and whether they're in line with like what they want to do on the field. And so there's a, there's a self-awareness piece. There's a preparation piece. You know, you can talk all the shit in the world. You can be the most confident guy. If you don't prepare the right way, it really doesn't matter. And then understanding like each, each year, you know, being very specific of what's your process. What are you working on? Why do you play? Like, do you play to chirp? Do you play to, yeah. do you play to, do you play to square balls up? Do you play it if you're a pitcher? Do you play that the feeling of the slider coming out of your hand, like just dotting a ball up? Because if you can like, if you can keep things simple and whittle it down to like, why are you here? You know, a lot of that stuff kind of like kind of quiets down. Um, you know, you talk about like mental midget, that means something different for everybody. Like, I don't know what it meant for you, but uh, <laughs> if somebody called you, if somebody called you that and there was this little like voice inside your stomach that said, you know what, he's fucking right. Like what, it, where did that voice come from? Like what, what else is that voice saying? So yeah. I don't know, like, it gave, I gave, just gave like 10 different ways to kind of pick, pick and pick and nod at that. Um, but I'd have to, we'd have to get some work done and, and uh, be willing to look in the mirror first. Yeah. Well, for me, for instance, like I, in the fall, I guess when it was just like a small scenario when there wasn't much on the line, I would mash and all my college teammates can oppose to this. Like they would literally say like, I, I, in the fall, I would go like two for four, almost every single game, just mash doubles in the gap. I literally look like Barry Bonds. And then the, the spring would come and I just had no idea how to hit a baseball. I guess the, whatever I would foul off a ball and then I would just be pissed off that I missed a pitch and strike out ruin my at bat. Have you kind mm-hmm. of seen that even in, in the professional level where guys are such like small mentally or they can't deal with failure that much. So they're, it ruins their like their career technically. Yeah. I would say that a, a main 
something that's pretty like a common theme for professional baseball players is like inability to just deal with failure at some level, right? Whether it's you in junior college or whether it's the guy that, you know, had success through college and then gets to short season and then they struggle or the guy who just flew through single A and he's in double A now and now he's struggling. Like at some point, there's always that first month, two month season where you just like your whole identity as a baseball player is brought into question. Like yeah. it happens to everybody. Some guys it happens in the big leagues. And then like then that, that's pretty tough because you haven't kind of figured out because everyone that comes through our system, they've dominated everywhere they've been. They've been the guy. They've been all league. They've been all world. So now you get here and you're like you look around and you're like, shit, like everybody's all world. And I thought I had good shit, but like I can't even crack a rotation right now. Like I'm coming in and out of the pen and you know, that's a pretty big wake up call. So like guys come in with a certain, I think you think about it as like a, like a continuum, right? Over here on, on the left is like uh, the guy that if he spills a cup of coffee in the morning, like his day's fucked. You know, yeah. he, he can't pay attention in class. He's getting in fights with his girlfriend. Like he has a shitty day at practice all going back to like, oh my God, my day started. So I can't believe I spilled a cup of coffee, yeah. you know, then there's this guy over here that like is on his third O for four in a row, but like he walks into the building and it's like, he hit, he hit three bombs yesterday uh, and like came in and got a save. You yeah. know, you're like, you're like, how? Do you know, are, do you know what you're, where you're at right now? And so what's the difference between those guys? Like it's all, it's all up here. And so, yeah, dealing with failure is a huge component of what we do. This is a game of failure. The only way you're going to survive and play for a long time is if you figure out what your process is like, that's going to deal with failure. And going back to you, if you were, if you were a, you know, fall league all-star and, and the fall ball smasher, my suggestion would have been like, Hey, if you can just figure out a way to only play in the fall, get hurt during the spring, yep. come back each fall, or you can go around to different countries. And if only yep. if they have fall seasons, yep. you could have made a living as a fall <laughs> smasher. Well, what I was saying is, and, and major league teams take note because their season technically starts in the fall. That's when the playoff push starts. That's when all that kind of stuff happens. So maybe I was just given the ability to be a major league player and hit in the fall. That's, that's you know what, what I thought I think, process was. I think you're onto something here. We could go the, the Gerard Dyson of, of, yeah. of home run hitters where yeah. you just, it's a late season call up mid September yep. and you just roll right through October. Yeah. I honestly, that's why you're the guy that's making the call shots. You're the mental coordinator for the Astros. You get it. And, and speaking of the mental skills or the mental coordinator, I always wonder this because the game of baseball has always been man up, man up, like show, show, like be a man. If you're failing, like don't cry, don't be a pussy, like all this kind of stuff. When did the game of baseball, do you think, this is a good question, by the way, come to the idea that maybe a team needs a mental skills coordinator. Maybe the team needs like a psychologist to be there and help the players out. What yeah, a question. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's good. And it's really like, it's the it's the industry finally catching up to what we know about the science of performance and just yeah. like the human condition because look the some like droplets of mental skills and the you know guys work coaches working on the mental game for baseball has obviously always been around right if you know you know this if you play the game you yeah. know this if you coach the game you're coaching the mental side all the time you're working on the mental side all the time you know um, but there's this whole field of sport and performance psychology that looks at, Hey, what's the psychological component to consistent and elite performance. And we know what makes up that 
uh, that that piece of performance across the board. We yeah. know what the science tells us. And so whether it was the military that kind of started this revolution, you know, at first dipped its toe in, you know, 90s uh, in its current form into the 2000s, other other uh, other sports kind of dip in their toe in. But then realizing like, look, this is a really stressful experience to be a part of. Being a professional baseball player is the opposite of a cakewalk because the majority of people are not major leaguers. The majority of people are not getting paid a lot of money. The majority of people are failing way more than they're succeeding. The majority of people are away from their family for eight months out of the year. The majority of people like sleep in, sh in shit motels or, you know, they might, they're, they're on the bus for 10 hours a night every four days. Am I starting to paint a picture that you want to be a part of? Like, it's not a very, it's not a very simple existence. And even when you get to the big leagues to try and survive for, you know, you get a, most guys get, get called up, they get sent down, they get called up, they get sent down to even get to free agency, which is through arbitration is like, you're, you're, you're one, you're one out of the, the 10,000 that or whatever that have been drafted. And then to, to get to the, the coup de gras, right? The 10 years in the show, when you have your full pension, I think it's like one out of 6% of people that ever even make their debut and only one out of 10 minor leaguers even make their debut. So I'm not a very good math guy. That's not where my yeah, you know training is in, but it's, it, it's not, it's not easy. No. So like, and the majority of time, like if you think about baseball and in the way it's structured, um, the majority of your time is spent in the weight room, preparing for games, and even during games, you know, average three-hour game, how long do you think the ball is actually in play? How many minutes? I, to be honest, I, like I said, I'm not a math guy. I'm going to say 25 minutes. Is that close? You're, you're in the range. Yeah, it's like anywhere like 15 to 20, 22. And that's, in your, that's if you're in every single pitch which as a hitter, of course you're not, you might have 10 pitches. You see, you yeah. might get two, but you might get two ground balls in the field. So you're talking about like the amount of time actually spent performing as a baseball player every night might be 30 seconds yet. You're going to dedicate 12, you know, 20 years of your life to this thing that you're chasing. So you yeah. can understand how at some point they were like, Hey, maybe we should get some guys in here that understand the, the psychological component to this environment and this industry and this existence. Yeah. And would you say you're like you're for or against superstitions? Cause for me, I used to have this routine, which is insane. Like, yeah, I, tell me about it. Go I, I, let's, let's hear it. So come on, give so, it to the people. So what I would do is I would always put my, uh, the, uh, like the under armor of my Jersey on first then I put my jersey on, do the buttons from the top to the bottom, do the pants, left sock first, right sock second, make sure I'm wearing my turfs all the way to the field and in batting practice, put a dip in after my first round or second round of batting practice. And then after that, after BP, I would take off my pullover, go to first base, take a couple ground ball. Like, you see what I'm saying here? It's, it, it's like insane. If I missed one of those things, I would feel screwed. So are you for or against those superstitions? Because for me, if I didn't do it, my whole, my whole routine fell off. Yeah, if it's a superstition, I'm against it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, now, if it's a routine, I'm all for it. Let me tell you what the difference is. So you take me back to even in the locker room when you're putting on your button down. Are, when you're doing that, are you telling yourself, man, I checked that box, I'm going to get two hits today. When you when you walk into the cage and you're wearing your turfs, you say, oh, if I wasn't doing this, I wouldn't get two hits today. Yeah. Are you, you know, it, what are you telling yourself about that routine? Now, the difference is, okay, 
if in, as part of your routine, can you tap into what it's going to do for you for your process to get your mind and your body in a position to compete? Because baseball is the ultimate, you can do everything right sport and still go home and, and, and decide that tonight's the night you're going to quit because you hit four lasers and they went right to everybody on the infield. Yeah. And you're like, I just can't do this anymore. So it's, this is like, it is cliche, but it is the absolute truth. Like in order to survive at, at this level for a long time, you have to be able to put your energy into shit that you can control. And for a pitcher, all they can control is what's up here and what they do in the, let's say 10 seconds between when they get the ball back from the catcher and when they release the ball. Cause after they release it, nothing is in their control. Right. Yeah. Umpire, umpire out of their control, hitter out of their control for a hitter. It's everything that they do in the lead up and then in between pitches and what they decide to swing at. Um, but, but I'll give you a good example of a guy. And I, obviously this is baseball is a very superstitious sport. Um, and everybody comes in with, man, if I don't have my pizza tonight, I just don't feel well. And I'm like, motherfucker, you're going to gain like 30 pounds over the course of the year if you eat pizza every <laughs> night. Not only that, you at some point you're going to feel like you're going to feel like a, you know, a, 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 a slog running down the line. So I don't, I don't know how, how good that's going to be for you in the long term. But I'll tell you a good example. I had a conversation with a guy. He made his debut last year. Um, not even for our organization, but he made his debut last year. And we were having this conversation about superstition versus routine and whatnot. And it was, it was really good. And I was talking about, um, you know, the purpose behind what you do and when you do it. And he said, Jess, look, here's the bottom line. Some days I just like to bring my, you know, I like to have my, my pants up when I go hit, I'm usually a pants down guy, but sometimes I got to mix it up and bring my pants up. And I, and I, I immediately assumed like I was quick to draw. And I said, man, that, that's not what you want to put your faith in, like where your pants are at. And he said, no, 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 that's not what it's about. It's about me when I walk up to the plate, literally feeling like I'm a different version of myself. Because if my pants are up, I can feel the wind coming against my socks. And so I can tap into that and feel different. And for whatever reason, that helps me remove myself from the feeling of my last 0 for 8. So for me, there's like a very clear distinction between, oh, I'm just pulling my pants up because I hope I'm going to get a hit tonight versus I'm going to actually experience what it feels like to have my pants up because it allows me to step into a different version of myself where I'm not carrying over that same kind of sunken feeling of being 0 for my last 8. Okay. And here's here's a two questions here that'll kind of put your brain in a blender, a brain in a pretzel, as we say. Would you say not being superstitious is being superstitious? Wow. Whoa, man. Well, as my two-year-old says, <laughs> whoa, man. Um, no, I, 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 if you if you had if you had to hand me have both guys in two different options, the superstitious and the one that really could give a shit, give me the give me. Because that guy, like, he is only going to put energy into shit that really matters. And for in baseball, like, it's the norm is to put your energy and emotions into stuff that's outside of your control. And True. if you can figure out your process to invest in the stuff that you can control, you've you've unlocked more than ninety nine point nine percent of the other guys that you're going to be competing against. Yeah, and the next one I wanted to bring up is, is I did this when I was struggling. Do you think putting a dollar in your back pocket maybe has a little bit of effect because to buy a hit when you're struggling hitting the ball hard? I love that. Because I always I love thought that. that. I always thought that. 
you know what? Why stop at a dollar? Why not put a hundo in there? Or uh, why not? Why not get? Why not get the queen in your back pocket as a Canadian? Yeah, I'm surprised you traitor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, maybe maybe do you guys got mounties on your uh, no on I, your honest, money? I couldn't tell you to be honest. Everything's digital okay. now, so I have it no is, idea. I think uh, yeah, like that's what I was saying. I don't, it's just crazy the game of baseball. If you told this to someone that had no idea what the game of baseball was, and you said, "Listen, man, like when I'm struggling." I put a dollar bill in my back pocket so I can get a hit. It would sound like the dumbest shit ever. They would think you have no brain cells. They would legitimately. Yeah. And I think like the other part of it is this, like I would never, you need that stuff in the game in order to just like stay sane. You know, like yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so rigid where it's like, Oh, you can't do that. And you can't do that. And you, like, that's absurd. Like this is a, a six to eight month season. You're going to try different shit. You're going to do stuff that's off the wall you know what? Go for it. But like there does, there is a tipping point to that where it becomes detrimental. Yeah. You know, if it's fun and it makes you, and it's light and like, great. But if you're, you know, if you're the type of guy, I'll give you a good example. If you're the type of guy that needs his carrot juice before every game um, and he doesn't have it that day and he starts blowing up like the communications director and the strength coaches and motherfucking them up and down the room and it imp- <laughs> like, that's not healthy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, 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 that's definitely a good point to look at it because I definitely see that with me. It took me like just talking to you to kind of realize maybe during my baseball career, not because obviously I had no talent. Maybe I was too worried about the fucking pregame routine instead of what actually I was about to do with the baseball field, man. And I, and honestly, I, and it's good that they have these kind of guys like you and, and organizations to tell the guys like, listen, super being superstitious. It's like obviously hilarious to talk about, but it's just the, it's, one of the dumbest things ever because you're not worried about actually doing your job you're worried about what you're doing before your job yeah and that's like it's amazing some of the things you hear uh and and some of the things that you see and i hear coaches tell me about because what they're really good at doing and guys are guys are smart you know this like the mental skills guy comes into town and all of a sudden that thing that they did that might be a little bit questionable like out in public now is something they do behind closed doors because they don't want to have the mental skills guy say hey what was that thing all about that you were doing because they (laughs) know deep down it's like i shouldn't be doing this so you kind of hear it through the grapevine or whatnot but yeah like you know it's a really good conversation a really good question to ask players is like if you weren't doing this where could you be focusing your effort and intent you know before each game and they might say well I could be watching video of the pictures that I'm going to face tonight and deciding what I want my mindset to be in my first a b and doing some visualization like that's a much more productive way to spend the the hour before batting practice than walking in circles for an hour because you did that on the phone last night and you got three hits and now you'd have no one to talk to but hey I'm going (laughs) to do it again anyway because maybe that's why I got three hits yeah, no, it's it's hilarious, man. I love it. I got that's why and the game of baseball is so crazy compared to other yeah. stuff, man. I mean, so, so real quick, I, I'm sure you got more stuff to talk, to get to, but I think this will be good for your listeners. So the reason why, like, this is so such an important conversation is that the game of baseball is so fucking chaotic that is. is human that is human beings. It's our insatiable desire to make sense of stuff. So like, there's nothing about baseball that makes sense. You could do everything right and you could go home crying or you could do nothing right and you could feel like you're an MVP. And so the only way to survive that is for your brain to make these connections about, well, that, if I do that, then it's this and that, then it's this. And then you could go ahead, go home and sleep at night and feel like, oh, this is a rational thing that I've decided to spend 12 hours of my life every day yeah. invested in. Yeah. No, That's where man. it comes from. Oh, dude, it's like I, I it's at the point where it's kind of crazy just seeing how 
the game of baseball is the only sport where you can fail 70% of the time. And everyone says this, you can fail 70% of the time and be considered a hall of famer. Like if you get a hit 300 times and you get out 700 times, you're a hall of famer. Like Roberto Alomar career 300 hitter hall of famer legend in Toronto. It's insane how dumb it just, this sport is like joining golf. It's just like, if you want to hate yourself, you join this sport because you're going to always be roasting yourself at how bad you are. It's crazy. Right. Man. And so that's why you have to, you have to either come into the, to the deal with the right kind of perspective or mentality, or you learn it along the way. And, you know, I, I see a, it's interesting because I, I see a very clear difference. And I have these conversations with guys all the time about like, cause I try, part of my job is to figure out like, what's your story? Where do you come from? How did your mentality develop? And it's the guys that like, when they were in little league, they hit eighth, you know, or when they were in high school, they played on the JV team or like they converted from like a pitcher to a position player in college. And, and like, there's all these kind of like these themes that emerge about these guys that like, it wasn't easy early on. And like, they somehow have kind of like built that into their mental and physical armor. And it's like prepared them for this, this like all out 20 year war that they're about to enter. If they, if they sign to be a pro baseball player, like the odds are very, are like stacked against them. It's like the first time the native Americans like rolled up against Europeans and it was like muskets against arrows. (laughs) It was like, who's going to survive here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so like you, you got these stories about these guys that have have this built in armor and they're just, they might not have as much talent, but they've figured out a way to kind of navigate the space and, 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 and continue to meet the um, continue to meet kind of the talent level over time. And they've yeah. proven to themselves that they can do it if they didn't walk in being the guy, you know, yeah, I know I, I, for sure, man. It's like a massive adjustment going from high school where you're the top dog college, where you're the top dog, you get drafted. And then you kind of move to the bottom of the totem pole because in baseball, it's not like football, right? You're not like Kyler Murray where you get drafted and you're immediately starting QB in baseball you could be Jesus Christ for all they care. And you're starting in low A, right? So it, yeah. it's, it, it's a crazy sport, man. It is. It really is. Totally is. The only guys, I don't know, maybe there's a handful of guys. I think uh, Mike Leak, that guy with the White Sox who came in yes. this year, the yeah, lefty I, I, crochet. Yeah. I think the only, and the only position player that I, off the top of my head, Bryce that was Harper? able to do it from high school. No, even Bryce Harper played in the minors. Well, yeah, well, Bryce Harper, Robin, yeah, he has like a really short minor league career. Yeah, Bryce Harper. Right. You no, know, you're right. But I think Robin Yount might have came in from straight from from high school. That's insane. And not played in the. <laughs> I think I, I might be wrong, but like for a position player, it's there's just just no way. No, there's like no pitchers, way. you can see the stuff, and like there might be one out of you know a hundred thousand or ten thousand that can, that have the stuff and mentality to do it. Um, but yeah, for for position players, forget about it. Yeah, and, and, and Jose Fernandez is also one of those guys, man. He just went from mm-hmm. low A or high A to the show and just became an ace for the Marlins. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of those guys that you're just – it just sucks to see him gone. But another thing I want to oh, bring yeah. up with the Astros is who would you say is a guy that's the most mentally strong on that team, a guy that you don't even really need to coach up that much because when fans come at him or when he's going through struggles, you're just like – he's just like, whatever, man, brushing it off. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of mentally strong dudes on that team um, that are doing just fine. But, you know, a guy that sticks out to me is um, a guy like Bregman who, uh, you know, he – you look at the guy and everything says he shouldn't be there. You know, he's average height, average weight, but he just, he's able to maximize every single skill set that he has. And it's incredible. 
And, you know, you go back to when he made his debut, uh, and I don't I don't know the exact number, but he was like, oh, for his first whatever, you know, oh, for 20 or 25 or something. And um, to come back and still have a pretty good year, how many guys would be able to survive their first first two weeks in the big leagues uh, without getting a hit, you Not know, and, and come back and, and be second in the MVP, you know, no more than two years later, sign a hundred million dollar contract. Like you gotta, you gotta be able, you gotta have some sort of belief in yourself and your abilities to know. And that's the difference, right? It's the guys that, that like the foundational belief in their ability is so secure that any one result of any given day of any one given game or given week or given month does not, does not rock the boat. It doesn't rock the foundation. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's something that's built over time, you know? Yeah, it is, man. It's crazy to even see Bregman. I mean, he struggled obviously this year, came into the playoffs doing well. Same with uh, Spr- Springer pretty, I think Springer did well all year this year, actually, but Correa, Altuve, all these guys are just in the playoffs. They're just buzzing. And the last thing I wanted to bring up here is as I stated in the intro, which I butchered your last name is Michelle dummy, but like what a moron of a me, but okay. But, uh, you're a part of the U.S. Olympic Committee, like, like I mentioned. What's your role there? I mean, that, another another big big ball flex to walk into a room with. Ever heard of the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, I uh, appreciate that. So my role, there's um, the U.S. Olympic Committee has this like kind of group of professionals that they meet a certain like education and training background and some credential background that if they're part of this list, if you're a coach in the U.S. Olympic Committee or if you're a U.S. Olympian, you can reach out to this list of people if you want to do some mental training. So it's just kind of like a, a, a list of professionals that are available to, to Olympians that are preparing uh, you know, to, to, to go do their thing every four years. And outside of baseball players, it's, it's Olympians that, that are the most mentally tough to train for, you know, three years, 11 <laughs> months to do what, you know, to maybe have like 30 seconds in the pool. Insane. You know? insane. Cr- it's crazy. Crazy. It's insane, so. it's insane man. And, and can we also give you credit if baseball gets put in the Olympics? Can we kind of say you kind of yeah, started sure. that? Well, well it is, it actually, it is in the Olympics uh, next year. Okay. Um, so we're going to yeah, give you credit. So they, I'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> and yeah. I miss the World Baseball Classic, man. I mean, Me too. I, I wish it was every every year. It's the coolest shit ever to see all these countries going at it. You had Canada and you Mexico getting a fight, which was incredible. Or would you say? Can we kind of say you're low key an advocate for fighting on the baseball field? Because I love it. I think it brings out the fans. Everyone's it's retweeting it. You just love to see. Yeah, it. not not even low key. Just go volume max key. <laughs> I mean, why? Like we're we're gonna see who's who's tough and who's not real quick, right? Yeah. When we uh when we throw down on the on the field, but you rarely you really get a real throwdown. You know, it's usually just guys saying, "Hey, let's meet up on the pitcher's mound so we don't have to meet up later at the bar. We'll just get this out of the way early just to hang out." It's cool. So. It's electric and I love it. But anyways, man, um, it was, it, this was fun. I mean, like I said, I like to, I like to touch all bases here and why not a guy like me, that's a mental, a mental midget, a small guy, just the, the worst mentally, let's get a mental skills coordinator on the show. So anyways, uh, I'm going to call you the people's doctor, Dr. Jesse, Michelle, Houston Astros, mental skills coordinator. What a pleasure it was to have you on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, you bet. And, and, you know, instead of mental midget, maybe we've graduated a little bit. You're a mental toddler at this yes. point. Now I'm getting a little up. taller, baby. Now yeah, I'm you're getting up. a little taller. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.